Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. This is not a diving podcast with Scuba. Welcome to the show. I'm Scuba. This is the Not A Diving Podcast. It is the last show of the year. I'm recording this on Saturday the 24th of December. So for those of you who celebrate Christmas, happy Christmas and happy holidays to the rest of you. I'm in London for a couple of days. I'm actually not going to be celebrating Christmas in the normal way this year. I'm flying to Japan tomorrow morning, first thing. So my family lives in London and we are having a Christmas lunch today on the 24th on Christmas Eve. I know lots of European listeners will be celebrating today. So yeah, um, I hope you're having a good one, even though this episode isn't actually going out until the 27th. But yeah, I'm flying to Japan tomorrow morning where I'm playing a couple of shows, playing in Tokyo event and in Hakuba on the 29th and then I'm flying to Toronto to play all night on New Year's Eve at Subdivision. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Long set, going to be doing some preparation for that. I cannot wait. So Toronto listeners, hope to see you down there. Yeah, so this is episode 51 of the show. We started last January, so we're a year through basically. Got one more before the official one-year episode, episode 53. Of those 50 episodes previously, we've had 47 guests, which is a lot of guests, isn't it? Kicked off with Will Saul back in January. 
And yeah, 47 people. If you're a regular listener, you'll know that the aim of the podcast was originally to cover as many different areas of the business, as it were, the industry or the scene. Let's say the scene. That's a better way of putting it. As many areas of that scene as possible. So we've had DJs, we've had producers, we've had musicians, but we've also had club promoters, label owners, club owners. We've had a PR on, and we've just generally had quite wide ranging conversations. I mean, obviously when you're talking every week, there are sort of common themes that come up and, you know, I find myself, I guess, repeating myself um, on certain subjects quite frequently but then you just have to ask the same question to multiple people to get multiple perspectives and I mean that's the beauty of having a guest on each week that's what you're able to do is sort of build up a picture from many different people's viewpoints to get a kind of rounded view of a certain aspect or a certain topic that you want to dis that you want to explore so that's really been the great thing for me about doing this show it's just the opportunity to you know, really dig deep into certain topics with people who, many of whom I know, I mean, like I've had the majority of people we've had on the show, I have at least a passing acquaintance with, but, you know, you don't get the chance to sit down for a couple of hours and particularly one-on-one and just ask questions, you know, ask the questions that you want to ask. And as I've said many times before, you get to ask the questions that journalists don't generally ask, or at least if they do ask, they don't kind of, you know, probe into them. And if they do, then, you know, the longer answers tend to get edited down for, you know, public consumption. And, you know, that's a big motivating factor for me in doing this show as regular listeners will also know you'll have heard me banging that drum a few times it's not to do down the journalistic profession at all it's just a different dynamic when you know two direct peers are discussing something and that's been really the feedback also that I've had from people who have come on the show you know people really enjoy being able to go deep on topics in a way where they don't feel like they're being assessed which is sometimes the dynamic in an interview with a with a journalist so yeah it's been really really rewarding for me to have done this for a whole year and I'm really looking forward to continuing it next year every week I mean there's certain areas that we want to develop to make the podcast a bit more accessible for people not necessarily with the actual you know, topics of discussion, I think, you know, I think we've done a pretty good job of, you know, making things fairly wise and, you know, covering different styles of music and all that stuff. But I mean, it's just in terms of the way the podcast is presented, like the obvious one is video. And I've talked about that before and we're trying to figure out an easy and, you know, doable way of having video content each week, which, you know, opens it up much more to platforms like YouTube, which is so important. I mean, just putting audio up on YouTube with a static image or an image that moves slightly just doesn't work at all. So, so yeah, you may or may not look forward to the prospect of seeing my face talking <laughs> each week, but um, that is something that's going to be happening at some stage. And, you know, clearly that requires resources. And, you know, thank you so much to those of you who are supporting us directly through Patreon. And if you want to do that, you can do it on 
patreon.com slash scuba official. In fact, I'll just give you a quick rundown of that now that I remember. So yeah, if you want to support the show, if you're a regular listener, there are two tiers to choose from on the Patreon. So there's the solidarity tier, which gets you bonus content, which goes up bonus podcasts, which go up sporadically. Um, in fact, most of the year, I was extremely good at doing at least one of those every week. The last couple of weeks have not been so good for reasons which I will explain in a moment. Um, but yeah, there's a whole bunch of extra stuff that you get for your $4 a month. And then there's a higher tier, which is called Musicality, which gets you basically on the Hot Flash promo list. And in addition to promos, we put up pretty steady stream of... HD audio of unreleased stuff and previous releases and yeah, just lots of music basically in high quality downloadable format. So that's $10 a month. So US dollars that is, so like eight quid or nine euros, that sort of figure. So, you know, pretty, pretty reasonable, I think. And also on both of those tiers, you get access to the private area of the Discord server. Now, the Discord server is open to anyone. You can get in there via hotflushrecordings.com slash Discord. And the majority of it is free to air, as it were, as in you can get in there and join the discussion. So please do that regardless. But there are a couple of private channels in that Discord server, one of which is a music feedback channel so you can post your works in progress if you're a producer and everyone will pitch in with some constructive criticism including myself and it's just generally a really nice community everyone's really nice in there it's like refreshing actually to have so much positivity and I think that's what's great about those sorts of communities you know if everyone is joined there for a specific reason then the uh, quality of Communication is just way higher than, for example, Twitter, which, you know, God, Twitter. So if you want to support the show, that's the way to do it. Patreon.com slash scuba official. So yeah, video next year and just more stuff. I mean, like, you know, if you are a regular listener, if you're a patron and you've got any suggestions, then then Discord is the place to, to drop those to me. I mean, you can drop them to me on Twitter as Google official or drop me a message on Instagram. But Discord really is the place because like I said, people will pitch in with their reactions too and they tend to be extremely positive and constructive. So yeah, if you've got anything to say, Discord is a place to do it. Right, okay. So this week's episode, I've been joining on for nearly 10 minutes now. I'm just going to talk a little bit about the year. So I haven't got a full episode this week. I don't know how long it's going to turn out to be. I'm just going to sit here and talk until I'm covered the stuff that I want to that I want to talk about. Um, but I went out on the Discord and asked for people's favourite tunes of the year and stuff they discovered this year in particular. Because it is so difficult now to keep on top of new releases and it's almost pointless to try because there's so much. And if you try and just focus on stuff which is absolutely up to the minute, then that sort of almost exacerbates the problem of there being too much because it means as soon as something has been out for a couple of weeks and it's old and it's no longer worthy of your time and attention, which is just not good at all, at all. 
because you know just the volume of stuff and that's that's something that we've talked about on the show the volume of music that comes out now means that it is just overwhelming and it can't be all good you know <laughs> it's just not possible for there to be that much good music right there's got to be a percentage which is way better but if you just as i said you know focus on stuff which is brand 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 new and that's going to be a problem so i think going forward i mean that's something i really have been trying to drum into myself because i mean i was you know came up in a in a scene where you know the focus was on dub plates and everything had to be absolutely brand new unreleased and i just don't think you can have that mentality now because it's just so different in the way that i've just described so you know when i asked people on discord for their favorite tunes i mean it doesn't necessarily have to be stuff that's brand new but stuff that you've discovered that is great because discovering new stuff is like you know like as i said it's just a volume means that you're just constantly wading through music and you've got to be open-minded about how old it is quite frankly because there's you know by definition there's going to have been so many things that came out this year which fell through the cracks which no one heard which should have been heard by people you know and it's just it's a full-time job it was it's more than a full-time job you know it's like tens of thousands of tracks going up every month anyway let's go through a few of these there is a spotify playlist and there is a link to that spotify playlist in the show notes Apologies if you haven't got Spotify. I think there's a mirror somewhere for an Apple Music version of that, but it's just the most easy way of, of, of doing this. But um, the tunes that I'm about to refer to are all in that playlist apart from one, which is Bandcamp only. So load it up. I'm not going to have clips. Normally when, well, for example, when we do Singles Club episodes, and I know I haven't done one of those for a while, a sidebar, patrons, those Singles Club episodes are mostly for patrons only. There's one in the main feed. But those are episodes where I review tunes quickly and I usually post up a little clip of each one, a low quality clip. But I'm not going to do that now. So all the tunes that I'm about to talk about are in that Spotify playlist. They're not a diving podcast Spotify playlist. So open that shit up right now and you can have a listen while we're going through these. I'm just going to go through and pick out a few of the recommendations that came from the Discord. And again, join my Discord at hotflushacornance.com slash Discord get in there okay so first of all be down on the discord at be down on the discord actually do you even say at when you talk about discord handles i don't know whatever i'm going to do that for the sake of uh, familiarity i'm just going to pick out one or two tracks from what people were referring to because quite a lot of people left a big list and i'm not going to go for all of them but let's just pick out a few so be down non-reversible artist circular function was the track on expel your demons records this was a really nice example of some hard techno now obviously hard techno is a big thing at the moment and people are really into stuff which goes fast and hard and intense but unfortunately a lot of the stuff that djs are playing formerly what i would consider to be credible techno djs are playing some fucking terrible music at the moment unfortunately stuff with like you know where it all stops before the drop and there's some hip-hop sample and then the, the drop comes in. <laughs> That's the best I could do to describe it. But if you're playing shit like that, you're basically just playing Sped Up Tech House, I'm afraid. Sped Up Tech House put through um, some saturation and you should do something else with your life. 
preferably. But anyway, this circular function track is a really nice example of hard techno. It doesn't do that. And it's just kind of a cool tune. So yeah, thank you. That one, B down. Next up, Empathy Lacuna, who is a frequent contributor to the Discord. So hello, how are you doing? Was an early adopter of the Discord too. So he picked out artist called Two Shell as someone he discovered this year. I have to say I was not familiar with this artist until I went through this list. Listened to a few of his tracks or their tracks. I've no idea who uh, they are. There's a release called Home, which Empathy Lacuna picked out. I thought that was good, but I preferred the B-side. So it's kind of... Um, how would I describe this? It's a sort of poppy post dubstep. I mean, there's definitely a term that is I'm escaping me at the moment, but very melodic, very um, nicely put together, you know, cut up vocals and pitched up a little bit of helium stuff and like probably imagine um, what it sounds like. But yeah, there's a B-side off the track called No Reply. Sorry, a B-side off the release called No Reply, which I really liked. I thought that was an awesome tune. So yeah, Two Shell, No Reply. Really liked that one. And yeah, just enjoyed many of the tunes that I listened to by the artist. So thank you for that recommendation. Next one, Funk Dub. Funk Dub on my Discord, at Funk Dub. God, yeah. Did I say at Empathy Looking? Or whatever. (laughs) At Funk Dub on the Discord. Picked out. Turnian Sound, who, again, I hadn't heard of. I'm really not up to date with bassy stuff particularly. Um, but he picked out a track called Cloud Nine, which is kind of on the deep sort of, mm, I guess, kind of deep medi kind of tip, that sort of deeper dubstep kind of sound. I personally, I had listened to the whole release and there was a track called Strobe, which was my favourite one, I have to say, on that. Although I did like that Cloud9 track too. That was also good. So yeah, Deep Dubstep. You know what? I I played at this um, festival in just outside Minneapolis, which you may have heard me talk about if you listen to the show regularly, and called Infrasound Festival. I mistakenly referred to it as Infrasonic, I think. Um, I was extremely tired during that episode, but, um, yeah, so I had the opportunity to listen to a whole bunch of new, uh, American quote unquote deep dubstep or not deep dubstep, but like, you know, not that super noisy stuff, but, um, it was an eye opening experience for me. I have to say it was very interesting musically and people have a very set idea of what they want from that kind of stuff. Cause I had a, had a bit of a job with my set um, at that festival <laughs> kind of got there in the end but um, yeah I was not playing that stuff and sometimes that's difficult quite often it's difficult if you're playing totally different stuff to everyone else on the same stage not totally different stuff actually I mean I wouldn't have considered it being that different but I was playing uh, pretty bassy stuff but anyway I saw my favourite set of the year at that festival which I will mention later on in fact no I'll just say it now Sicaria Sound, yeah, it wasn't both of them, it was just Sancha, and she absolutely blew the roof off this place. It was awesome, so good. I really, really enjoyed it. I didn't know any of the tunes she played. I'm just, like I said, not particularly up to date with that stuff. But it was great. It was the best DJ set I saw of the year. It was just 
yeah, properly, properly good, properly going off. And yeah, so that's that's that. Um, okay, Split Radix at Split Radix on the Discord pointed out Komodo. Komodo's name has been around for ages, came after my exit from the dubstep scene. But I've been into his stuff though, definitely. So Split Radix pointed out the Deft Ones EP by Komodo, which is on Blackacre Records. And I haven't heard of Blackacre Records for years. They are one of the older dubstep labels for sure. I didn't had no idea they were still going. But yeah, that was good. That was good. I mean, again, that shows how out of touch I am with this kind of music. But um, yeah, really, really liked that stuff. Excellent. Okay, next one at Anti Oedipus on the Discord. These are all on the Discord. A couple of things that he pointed out. So, Brain Waltzera. That's the correct pronunciation, I think. Brain Waltzera. Yeah, uh, album called It's Same or It's Same. I T S A M E. He said that was one of his favorite albums of the year. And I wasn't familiar with it at all. Had a listen through and yeah, nice, nice stuff. Lots of different styles, lots of kind of classic jungle influence stuff, lots of kind of references to classic stuff. So there's definitely a, there's a track on there, which is a of like thinly veiled burial homage would be a way of putting it. And then there's a track which directly references metal heads and yeah, nice, very nice stuff. Even if it's, um, I don't know, some people wouldn't like that, kind of like direct referencing other things, but like it's, it was done in a nice way and I thought it was good. Yeah, so that was that was decent. And then he mentioned Christoph de Babylon and that's a name I haven't heard for many long day. So he released an album called If You're Into It, I'm Out of It back in 1997. I don't think I've heard of him since then. There's just a kind of German breakcore guy but that album really stands up. So Anti-Oedipus yeah, nudged me to go back and listen to that. And yeah, that really stands up, that album. It's awesome. Really, really good. He's released some stuff more recently too. But that album in particular is just awesome. Okay, Take 5. At Take 5. So he had a big list of stuff, but... He picked out Nick Leon as his, quote, rookie of the year. And I hadn't heard of this guy. I had a listen through. He's a Latino dude, I think, but American from the United States. So I listened to a few tunes and there's some kind of like reggaeton type influence stuff in there, as well as some kind of like full fouri, much more housey stuff. And there's a track called Separation Anxiety, which I really liked. Um, this guy's obviously making some waves. People into his stuff. Again, it was the first time I you know, heard of his name. But yeah, that was a good recommendation. Liked some of it. Some of it was a little bit too reggaeton for me. But um, some of it was good. And yeah, that, that Separation Anxiety track, I was into it. 100%. It's Nikki Kyle on the Discord. He picked out Joy Orbison Pinky Ring. Joy Orbison has been releasing a lot recently. Obviously, he is a Hot Flush alumnus from Hive Mango back in 2009. And he's been releasing some good stuff. Yeah, Pinky Ring's a good track. Absolutely. Some um, kind of a banger, I guess. And yeah, into that. 
And he also picked out Anthony Naples' Swerve, which I hadn't heard before. And that's a good one. Anthony Naples is really good, of course. But yeah, that's a good track. A couple of good club tracks there from It's Nikki Kyle on the Discord. Thank you. Next one. Nightjavok. I think that's how you pronounce that on the Discord. He picked out Grey Code's album on Metalheads. I haven't listened to a lot of Metalheads stuff recently at all. I'm obviously familiar with the older stuff, but the really old stuff actually is more what I know of Metalheads. But yeah, uh, Grey Code's album entitled Renewal. So I listened to that. It's, um, I'd say, not completely my thing. It's a bit too quote-unquote modern drum and bass for me, I think. But there's some nice, there's definitely some nice moments, some real kind of like Technicolor kind of sound palette stuff, which I guess isn't what I associate with Meltheads with, and I guess that's probably a slightly outdated view. It's probably a very outdated view. But it was, as an album, I think, you know, coherent and effective. So, yeah, thanks for that one. James Rand recommended the only non-Spotify track. I don't know, the only track that's not on Spotify out of these ones that I've picked out. And it's by George hyphen I. So Georgie, I guess. The track is called Body Static. And that was some cool bassy stuff. It's just a world of music. You know, as I said at the start of this, there's just so much stuff that comes out. Like Bandcamp only music on a general level. I mean, you quite often find cool stuff because the kind of people that don't want to do Spotify are often aesthetically inclined in a good way musically. And so there's probably an over-index of interesting music which goes up on Bandcamp only, maybe. I mean, that's a complete guess, but I'm just going to put that out there as a kind of hypothesis but that was good that Georgie release and the track body static off it yeah it was cool I was into it and it's just one of those ones it's like you know going through music as a DJ like you want everything to be in one place so there's a temptation either to just go through your promos folder listen to some you know charts on Beatport are such a useful thing but also such a lazy thing I mean artist charts but also this kind of genre you know salad charts but quite often they're useful and I just wish it was a better way of getting through Bandcamp only stuff like yeah I wish it was a kind of yeah I don't know there's no substitute for digging basically is is the long and short of it you just got to spend the time doing it there's, uh, there's no substitute and quite frankly that's just how it should be you know, it should be hard work getting good tunes together for a DJ set, you know, getting tunes which are going to make your DJ set unique. That should require work because, I mean, you know, so many of the other barriers have come down. So if anything, they should make it harder. I, I suppose I've just argued my way around to thinking that point, <laughs> to taking that point of view. Okay. So the reason that I asked the Discord for their tips yeah tips because i was finding it so difficult to come up with my own ones quite frankly i mean there have been tracks that have stood out and i'm going to tell you them in a minute but i think for the reason 
that there is so much, it's so hard to like pin down a few. I mean, this is something that I've wrung my hands about a lot on the show. And I don't know how it resolves itself. I think it's just, again, a case of setting aside the time. And I think if I've got a, you know, a New Year's resolution or a set of New Year's resolutions, one of them would definitely be to set aside a certain amount of time per week just for digging. And I think that would be a really good use of time, actually, for a number of different reasons, not just for DJ set, but for, you know, musical, getting musical inspiration, you know. Usually how my years go, right, the first half of a year is usually great for me. So, for example, this year, I didn't have a drink for the first four and a half months of the year. And I felt fantastic. I didn't get quite as fit as I wanted to get, but (laughs) mentally I was in a good place by the sort of middle of May sort of time. And then as seems to usually happen, the summer is just kind of like a slow drip of just unhealthy living and just excess. And then by the autumn, I feel pretty dreadful. And most of the good intentions or the good, um, not the good, not even the good intentions, like the good habits I built up over that first sort of third of the year are out the, the window. And by this time of the year, I'm feeling just, you know, <laughs> the need to you know, rip it up and start again and, you know, go into January with, um, with a fresh approach. And, you know, obviously the classic thing is, you know, the, you know, join the gym on the 1st of January and never go again. And I'm definitely not like that. Like I said, like I'll keep it up for a good few months, but then the summer just seems to destroy everything for me. So I've got to do something else. I mean, I was really inspired by the Totally and Almost Extinct Dinosaurs episode when Orlando was saying that he'd given up alcohol and he's about a year in now. He'd given up alcohol because he knew that this year he wanted to be not only be present, but he just wanted to have the best version of himself because he knew it was going to require a lot of him. And I feel pretty similar about next year. And I've done over a year before without without booze. And it does make a huge difference mentally. And everyone's different in the, the way they react to it, obviously, because it's a, you know, it's a, well, it's a poison, let's be honest. But, you know, some people are fine with it. Some people have a very unhealthy relationship with it, clearly. For me, it just it just destroys my motivation and makes me depressed. So really, it's not something I should be doing. But I do love the social aspect of it. And I do love alcoholic drinks in terms of like I love wine and I love, you know, cocktails. And I wish I could drink them, a lot of them without getting drunk. Like I don't love them because they make me drunk. I just like the taste of them. And I love the culture around them, particularly wine increasingly but it's Brian's just not a good thing to get interested in because <laughs> because it's so bad for you anyway um this is way off topic the bits of music that I picked out the ones that just came to mind they're not even necessarily my favorite ones the ones that I just wrote down that stuck out when I was just looking through what I've played the most this year so the techno stuff Gene Richards Jr. was someone who I discovered earlier early in the year and played his records basically all year. And 
like the track that stuck out maybe the most certainly the one the track that came out this year anyway that stuck out the most was Blood Sweat which is collab with Fixem and that's just a properly you know funky banging hard saturated piece of dance music and that's basically what his music is as far as I can see it's just you know it's groovy as fuck and just yeah absolutely awesome but like quick like one four five kind of thing like but maintaining a bit of you know soul at that speed which is not easy like the majority of tenor that comes out that's that fast is just like completely um without any kind of funk to it at all and gene richard junior stuff is is not like that it's it's, it's really good really 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 awesome stuff so yeah recommend that dude and that that track was great remix wise I tried to pick out a remix and it would have to be Planetary Assault Systems remix of Chris Liebing Mindbender. Luke Slayer is just seems to get better. Like I think his stuff now is better than at any point in his career. He's so good and you know, on so many different styles. Like the LB Dubcourt stuff is awesome. The stuff he's done as, as Luke Slater is awesome. And Planetary Assault Systems stuff is just the, some of the best techno around. And this is a guy who's been doing it for knocking on 30 years now. In fact, he must have been doing it for 30 years. And you, some, if you keep working at it, if you take it seriously, you do just keep getting better, I think. And actually, that that reminds me, I wanted to make this observation because um, I've watched a lot of stand-up comedy this year. I'm really into it. I am really love observing the craft of it and how it's done, how it's put together. And... Tom Segura on his podcast with Christina Pazitsky, his wife, um, Your Mum's House, which is an awesome podcast, by the way, and I would recommend anyone to listen to it. It's why it's probably my favourite podcast. It's definitely my favourite podcast, Discovery of the Year. That is just, it's so good. It's so brilliant. Anyway, he was making the observation. I think it was about Chris Rock. I think they've been to see Chris Rock on his current tour. And Tom Segura was saying that the best comedians are all in their 50s. And if you keep working at it, you keep getting better. And I think the same is true for DJs. I think all the best DJs are, you know, over 50 or certainly like over 40 because it's something that you learn with experience. And if you keep working at it and you keep trying to get better, then you will. And there are are obviously exceptions to this. There are certain DJs that come through who are immediately brilliant. But the vast majority, I think, of the best DJs, the DJs that you want to see like play a long set, you know, because that's, I think, the essence of DJing is playing long sets and taking control of a dance floor for long periods of time. The majority of those people are way past 40, probably in their 50s. And, you know, you do just keep getting better. But like, as I said, like with Luke Slater, you know, the same as it's, it's not, well, I think when you're making music, like the challenge is to stay relevant to what is like directly relevant to what resonates with the audience and the audience is generally quite young. So it's, I think it's much more difficult to do that as a producer than it is as a DJ. I think I'm, that's kind of my instinctive uh, thought about that anyway. But Luke Slater is just a brilliant, brilliant producer who has got better, I think, with time. And he's just making some amazing music right now. And that, that remix 
is just a smasher of a remix. It really is. It's absolutely awesome. There were some other ones that I picked out. So Tiger, the B-sides to his single Easy is a track called There Is No Distance Between Us. And that is an awesome tune. That is a real dance floor tune, like a kind of old style. Like when I say old, I mean, I don't know. That could have, I mean, maybe 10 years ago or something. But I mean, you put that on and it absolutely smashes the place up. It really does. It's absolutely awesome. I forget who he made it with. Um, If you go back and listen to the Tiga episode, he explains how he makes music and it's always a collaboration with someone else. But that is a tune which is just absolutely great. I haven't been playing it every set, but when you kind of sense that a dancer is ready for that kind of moment, a big breakdown in it and then a kind of like resolving to a you know anti-drop kind of thing one of those ones but it's so well done and it's absolutely perfect and yeah it really does the business i'm absolutely gonna play that on new year's eve no question about that so there's that and then you know my favorite music of the year my favorite album of the year for sure is the totally enormous extinct dinosaurs album which is called when the lights go and There are two tracks on it which particularly resonate with me. First is Crosswalk, which is the first track on the album. And then The Sleeper, which is just an amazing piece of music, I think. I've listened to it. I've listened to that tune more times than I've listened to any other track this year, for sure. I've listened to it like, you know, five times in a row sometimes. I just think it's so good. It's so evocative. The lyrics are extremely, what's the word, emotionally arresting for me. I mean, I've had a pretty rough year personally, to be quite frank with you, romantically as much as anything else. And that tune quite often reduces me to a sort of emotional blubber. (laughs) And um, I love music that does that. I really do. Like, it's nice. And a piece of music makes you cry. It really is. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be romantic, like that effect. Like there are pieces of music that make me cry, which are sort of less tangible than just evoking some, you know, thing that's happened to you. But anyway, that tune is, um, yeah, that's my favorite track of the year for sure. 100%. But yeah, the whole album is brilliant. When the Lights Go by Totally Enormous Extinct Dinosaurs. And the episode of the podcast with him was definitely in my top three episodes that we've done thus far. I won't try and pick the other two, but that's definitely in there. And um, yeah, he's a great guy. I, he was actually, he was someone who I didn't know. I think I'd met him once before doing that episode, but I'd never, definitely never talked to him at any sort of length, one-on-one. And he really thinks about things in a interesting way and those are the episodes which are good basically okay those are my tunes that i picked out there's definitely a million more but as i said it's just impossible these days i mean i listened to the new little sims album the other day when it came out and it just seems like a good example of like you know there are things which 
catch ridiculous hype. And obviously this is true. This has always been true. So I'm not, I'm not moaning about, you know, oh, this is some, you know, modern phenomenon. But I just thought it was okay. Like she's obviously a good performer and, you know, she connects with a lot of people. But to me, it just left me a little bit cold and I was just like, mm, whatever. But to find music which talks to you personally on an emotional level, like it's as hard as it's ever been to do that, it's purely because of the, the volume and stuff. Actually, a, an act that I discovered this year called Sedona, S-E-D-O-N-A, and they haven't released anything this year. The last thing they put out was in 2021. If I think it might just be a singer. I think she might just be called Sedona. But yeah, she released an album in 2020 and has been putting out stuff since 2019. And there's a few singles which are great, really, really great. I'll stick a couple of those in the playlist. But yeah, not from this year. And that stuff spoke to me in a way, which was unexpected, you know? I think that's the thing. When you find something which is you don't know you're looking for and that, that was the thing with the teed thing actually because i knew you know i knew his previous stuff but when i stuck on the new releases i was like fuck wow this is this is sick this is great this is really ambitious music you know and inspiring to my own work in the studio which has been you know a little bit divisive but whatever let's not get into that I am going to be releasing an album next year, I think. So let's see how we go. Anyway, okay. What are we, half an hour into this or so? A little bit more than half an hour. One thing I wanted to talk about was sports washing in the World Cup and the way that relates to music. I wanted to do an episode or at least a bonus episode with someone to talk about that. Didn't happen for various reasons. I, I'm leaving this till the end because... Quite a lot of you don't care about football and have no interest in, completely reasonably, have no interest in football. But maybe you've got some interest in the concept of the use of culture to paint political regimes in a good light. Because that's what this is, right? I mean, f- football is, you know, people call it sports washing, but really football is a global culture it's probably the most ubiquitous cultural movement in the world today and i know people listening in north america are going to be like "Mm, really but outside of the united states and canada soccer you may call it or football it's totally fine to call it soccer by the way it's just an abbreviation of association football but anyway that sport is the biggest thing everywhere in the world and you know for decades and yeah let's call it decades it was mostly a male thing but I mean it's women's football has really gone supernova in the last few years and I think women's interest in the sport generally has gone up massively and you know the history obviously the men's game is you know far more developed and it's it's just played at a higher level for, for obvious reasons but the world cup is you know, one of it's it's bigger than the Olympics. Like it's one of the arguably the biggest thing globally that happens ever. You know, and it happens every four years. But like in that, you know, in that kind of cycle of a period, it's the biggest thing. I think it's very easy to argue that anyway. And 
therefore it's it's more than just a sport it's a, it's a culture it's expression of nationalism i suppose in sometimes a negative way sometimes more of a positive way and it's an expression of people's identity right and that's what culture is basically people expressing their identity through some form of it doesn't have to be art but i mean you know football is i think it's quite easy to describe professional sports people as artists i think it, it works in a pretty similar way right in terms of the required dedication and the talent required and you know all the the things that, that distinguish a professional artist from a, a hobby artist pretty similar to the things which distinguish professional sportsmen from you know amateur sportsmen so yeah so the use of this competition to launder the reputation of a regime whether it's russia whether it's qatar whether it's Argentina in 1978, for example, whether it's Nazi Germany in 1938 with the Olympics. And I realise that comparing countries with Nazi Germany is, you know, is that old adage, if you mention Hitler, you've already lost the argument. But I mean, for sure, the Argentinian junta in the late 70s were on that spectrum. And many of the laws of the Gulf states are, I think, in that ballpark and the actions of Russia this year are uncomfortably close to it too. So, you know, what I wanted to talk about with the person that I was intending to have on to talk about this was you know, the degree to which musicians take a stand against certain regimes is effective and whether going to these places to play is good or not. And the football journalist Daniel Story made the point recently and has made the point that getting awarded something like the World Cup should be a reward for progress, not an incentive to make progress. And I have to say that to me is a very compelling argument, but it's slightly uncomfortable because it also makes the argument for like artists boycotting places. Now, we had a long discussion with Yotam Avni on one of the earlier episodes of the show back in, it was probably March or something, about the movement to boycott Israel, which is by far the most common example in music of the boycotting of a country. And it's one which I'm really uncomfortable with for a lot of different reasons. But I think that if you're, well, as I said on that episode, I think if you're boycotting one place then you've really got to examine the places every, well you've got to examine everywhere else you go that much more closely I think I think if you're taking a stand on one thing then you've really got to be examining everything else to make sure you're consistent or consistent enough anyway consistent to the extent that you can defend what you're doing robustly in relative terms so I think it's, I think to me, that's that's the central problem. And I go over it in the intro and outro to that episode in detail. So you can go back and have a listen to that if you want to know what I really think about that shit. But yeah, the World Cup was just difficult to engage with because of where it was. By the way, it's got nothing to do with religion either. I, I don't believe that the reason that Qatar has those laws is because it's an Islamic country. Scripture is used as cover for conservative attitudes, basically. Because, I mean, if you know the, the difference between 
you know, the Quran and Bible, you know, it, it's all the same stuff really. And it's a question of you know, interpretation and philosophy. And it's got nothing to do really with the underlying ethics. I mean, I, I'm an atheist and I'm, you know, you've heard the atheist arguments before and I don't need to give them to you. But ultimately, it's a question of public policy, right? You know, human rights are, well, I mean, the world has pretty much collectively decided that human rights are a universal thing. And some medieval interpretation of a religious text shouldn't get in the way of that, can't get in the way of that. So I'm not going to sit here and moralize too much about this, but to me that's just obvious, and particularly if you're in the dance scene, particularly if you're involved in electronic music, this is baked in to what we're doing culturally. So the whole thing just got me, yeah, it got me thinking. It got me thinking about boycotts and about what we can do as artists to make a difference, you know? And I, I think the the idea that it should be a reward and not an incentive, and that's a pretty hard way of looking at it, you know? It's a pretty aggressive stance to take but i have to say i think there's some merit to it but it is a personal decision and it is it's up to the individual what kind of attitude you want to take and i think it's really important not to judge people on those decisions that they make which is a hard thing to do but you know i think if people really think about it and, and educate themselves and you know come to a decision which is you know not straightforward at all i think you need to respect what people think about all of that stuff. I think you need to respect the decision that they make as long as they're making it from a informed place, you know? And I think that's the responsibility that we all have as artists and and just people, you know? I think you have a responsibility to educate yourself and then to make a decision from a, a position of knowledge. Anyway, the football was good regardless of all that stuff. Generally, I mean, it was a great end to it. It was great to see Lionel Messi, as I said in last week's episode, fulfill his destiny. I don't like Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> but again, that's a personal preference, right? And I really hate when people make personal decisions about someone based on what they observe of them in the media. But it's really hard not to sometimes, isn't it? That's just the nature of mass communication and... uh also social media. But, you know, some people don't help themselves, I think it's fair to say. And I think, to be quite honest, Messi hasn't really helped himself in the aftermath of this whole thing either. Although it was quite funny the way he uh, parred off Salt Bay on the uh, on the pitch afterwards. That was amusing. That was highly amusing. That guy's a total dick. And I've just done it again. I don't know what Salt Bay's like. Maybe he's a lovely bloke. He could be a lovely bloke. It's completely possible. Anyway, I think we're just about done here. Like I said, it's the 24th of December. I'm about to go and cook Christmas lunch for my family. That is to say my parents and my sister. I'm not married. I don't have kids. As someone of my age, you know, I'm getting to the point where I'm kind of thinking maybe I maybe I want to do that kind of thing. But you've got to have a girlfriend before you have kids. Unfortunately, I don't have one of those either. So let's not dwell on this. Let's not get too bogged down <laughs> in my own personal worries. Thank you so much for listening to the show this year. It's been genuinely a great thing to do. I've really enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed the community on the Discord. I've really enjoyed the feedback. I've really enjoyed the discussion. I've really enjoyed the conversations that I've been lucky enough to have with so many interesting people on the show. 
and I'm looking forward to building it next year into something even bigger and even better and even more cool and enjoyable. So yeah, like I said, thank you for listening. Support the show if you're not at patreon.com slash scuba official. Get in the Discord even if you're not going to do Patreon at hotflushrecordings.com slash Discord. Leave us a review or a rating wherever you listen to this podcast. Follow the Spotify playlist. You're going to be doing that anyway because I've wanted to listen to all the music that I talked about in this episode. And that's about it, I think. This is the last episode of 2022. Episode 52 on the first week of Jan. And then we'll be into, officially into year two of the show. I have to say, I've already recorded the uh, the next episode and it's a really good one. And it actually features something that's happened this year, which was really cool, but I won't tell you what it is because that's going to give away the identity of the guest, which I don't like to do. So anyway, thank you for listening. It really means a lot. And I will see you same time, same place next week. Slightly fatter probably on the next episode of a Not A Diving Podcast. Thank you. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.